This is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, Woodside Church, uh, good morning to you. It's great to be with you again. My name's Martin. If I don't know you, I'd love to also offer my welcome to you this morning. It's great to gather again. Uh, We are continuing... Uh, to look at a series uh, looking at some of the parts of Matthew. It's about looking to Jesus and learning from him as as a teacher, as a preacher, as a healer. And last week, David Devonish did an outstanding message looking at the Beatitudes and unpacked the significance of, of that blessing. And if you haven't listened to David's preach, please, please listen to it because There was a moment when I first listened to the preach. I actually heard it before uh, it went live. And I really felt that sense of uh, of receiving a blessing as David led us and spoke truth uh, over our lives. So I just encourage you to listen to that. But today uh, I want to build on what David began when he he looked at the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I pick up a fascinating uh, part of of the story and uh, this amazing sermon that Jesus preached. And uh, it begins like this. It's, uh, there's a sudden shift and a sudden energy uh, that is brought into this moment. So Matthew 5 verse 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth. Straight in, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is an amazing uh, moment when uh, Jesus describes this vision for his people that is, well, it's mind-blowing and it's world-changing. It is of such expanse It's almost like if you'd been there, you'd be thinking, really? Really, Jesus? So let's unpack it because this is is so significant in what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It begins with the word you. You. Now, we've got to underline this because we live in such an individualistic uh, place in the Western world. Uh, And and this is plural. This is saying you, it's like saying you people, not you as an individual. It's like saying you people, you folk, you guys, you people are are a community of people that are going to affect the world. So it begins with you. It then says you are. You are. It doesn't say you should be or you might be. Jesus calls out who we are as a people. 
And he's calling out who we are and how we are to live our lives. This is an identity uh, defining and describing moment right from the outset of the mission of Jesus. There's a a scholar called F.D. Bruner and his book called The Christ Book, uh, which is a commentary on Matthew. He he describes this, this calling out of identity like this. He says these words. There is to be something about the way Christians are, about the way they live together and talk about each other and about the way they relate to the not always friendly surrounding world. That is meant to catch the world's attention. That is to cause people to ask, who are these people? It means that we should not shrink back. It means that we we should not hide away. We shouldn't hide that light under a bowl. It means that right from the outset, Jesus is saying, you are a people that are going to make a difference. Wherever you go, wherever you find yourselves, you are making a difference. One of my favourite Disney movies, I must confess, is The Lion King. And I think I've mentioned this this moment in The Lion King before, but it it so helps uh, what we're seeing here. It's when Simba, who is the small lion cub who's now growing up, and and he's told that he has forgotten who he is. You've forgotten who you are. He's told, remember who you are. And there's a character called Rafiki, I think it is, the the monkey sort of character. And and, and he says these words, he's he's talking about his father. And Mufasa, he's he's saying, you see he lives in you. So remember who you are, because your father lives in you. So much more, we could say that we must remember who we are. Because Jesus, Jesus lives in us by his spirit. So it's you are salt. You are salt. Now salt is distinct from food, but is only effective when it's in the food. Salt is not effective when it's five centimetres away from the food. It needs to be in there. To be salt of the earth, we need to be where the people are. We're to be church amongst the people. But then Jesus takes an interesting turn in his description. He said, you are salt. He's made this proclamation, but then he says, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything, Jesus says. And typically, if we're honest, in the way Jesus grabs the attention of his first listeners and our attention today, he, he uses uh, hyperbole and, and, and he describes about it's, it's, it's worth nothing. You throw it in the ground, you trample it. The point, the point he's saying is you've got to be salty. You've got to be something that brings distinction, that makes a difference. And don't lose your saltiness. You see, the way to live life of the Christian is completely different to what the world offers. So Jesus says, no, you're salt. Don't lose your saltiness. You're salt. You've got to be distinct because 
you live and I live, our lives completely different to the way the world lives and what the world offers. Let me give you an example of this. The truth is, the truth is that life is hard and life is full of challenges. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, some people seem to think that when they become a Christian, then all their problems will fade away. That, that isn't what, what is promised in the Bible. Life has its challenges. And let's be honest, today of all days, we are finding challenges probably more than most of us have faced before. You see, the world's message is that it celebrates the strongest and the greatest. And when challenge comes, the world tends to say these types of things. When challenge comes, the world says, well, you've got to run faster. You've got to work harder. You've got to be stronger. It's a bit like that old song, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. It's like you've, you've, got, to, you've got to be more than you have been before to survive. The world often says that when challenges come. The world also says this, if you're finding life tough, then the way to cope is to escape reality, to find a place where you can escape and focus on something else that almost pretends that real life is not going on. That's why sadly we have so much addiction in the world. And that's not just substance abuse, it's things like pornography and sex and dieting and exercise and eating disorders and work can be an obsession, travel can be an exception, shopping, social media. All these things can be used and sadly are used to escape from reality. But the Jesus way of living life is not to work harder or faster or try and be stronger. It's not to escape from reality. This is what Jesus says. This is how he says that we should live our lives when challenge and, and, and burdens come. He says these words in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, Jesus amazingly doesn't take away the situation. In fact, he uses a, an instrument of work. He uses a yoke and he offers a yoke. And you might say, that, well, what, what, that's the least that someone would want when tired and when feeling burdened. They need, they need a mattress or a vacation or not a yoke. Often when I'm feeling weary and exhausted and feeling challenged and burdened and pressured, I'll say to Don, oh, I need a break, I need a holiday. But Jesus knows the most restful gift he can give is a new way to carry life. See, Jesus offers a better option than working harder or escaping. In fact, there's a great book at the moment, which I have been reading this week. It's uh, by a guy called John 
Mark Comer, and it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I recommend you buy this book if you're able to. I think this is a prophetic message to the world today, actually, certainly to the Western world. Uh, John Mark Comer says this, he, as in Jesus, he offers us a whole new way to bear the weight of our humanity with ease. At his side, like two oxen in a field, tied shoulder to shoulder, with Jesus doing all the heavy lifting. I like that bit. With Jesus doing all the heavy lifting. At his pace, slow, unhurried, present in the moment, full of love and joy and peace. So Jesus says, don't lose your saltiness. Don't allow your thinking and your values and the way you live your life to be shaped by the world. He says those things for our own good, and this would be one example. But he says it to us for the good of the world. Because we're to be church amongst the world, amongst the people. Bring in all what God has done it, done in us to those around us. When they say, wow, how do you cope with the pressures that you're under? And we say, well, actually, it's not me who's pulling the weight. It's, it's Jesus. I, I've, I've got this, 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 this partner alongside me, this yoke that he's taking all the heavy burden. So salt is useless if it loses its distinctive flavour. So we don't want to give away to the cultural norms around us. We want to live the way that Jesus uh, was an example of and the way that Jesus said, come and follow me and live his way. We also see that we're to be salt of the earth, salt of the earth. This is not salt in Galilee or salt in the region that you're living in now. This is to be salt where, which has a global mission. So these are Galilean disciples which were given a global mission. Also, when he moves on to talking about light, he says you're to be the light of the world. Salt of the earth, light of the world. And we are to let our light shine before others that they may see the good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. You see, to be salt and light, we need to ensure that we are out of the salt shaker. We need to be light that is taken from, from uh, beneath the bowl or the bucket. We're to ensure that we are speaking aloud and demonstrating the new life and the new values and the new kingdom that comes in knowing Jesus. Let me give you an example of this. A current situation and challenge and a current moment that uh, we are all very much aware of. You see, this is a time to speak out against racism. This is a time for us, light, our light to shine in dark places and for us to speak out against racism. If there was ever a moment for Christians to speak up, to bring the opposite 
to what sadly we see around us and, and the, the conflict and the, and, and the clear racism that so many people sadly experience. This is a moment when we need to stand up and say, hey, this is not good enough. In that, we need a greater understanding of what people call white privilege. That that's the privilege and the benefits that come from the history of people who are white. Me obviously included. And I've been reading up on this and learning and understanding in ways that, if I'm honest, I haven't fully understood before. We need a greater understanding of white privilege. We need to ensure that we speak up against glass ceilings. They need to be called out. That, that, that prevent and, and, and minimise access for people of colour. We need to ensure we push against unhelpful stereotypes. Speak up for justice. This is a justice issue. Whoever needs a voice, Christians speak up for. We need to think the best of one another. Display something different to the world. The church is called to be one new people and we're to celebrate that and display it loud and clear to the world around. We are a family, the family of God. This is an important time to stand up and to proclaim what is right and what is wrong and sinful and evil. Desmond Tutu said these words, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. So let's ensure that our light shines very brightly on this subject at this time. It's interesting at the turn of the year, uh, I felt God speak to me about this whole subject. I began to think about uh, my story and the story of, uh, of other friends and how different they were only because of the colour of our skins. In fact, we were so convicted as a as an eldership team, we wanted to preach on this whole subject. Interestingly, we were going to do it right during this period now. And when the uh, coronavirus broke out, we, we actually felt, well, this isn't maybe the right time to speak about being one new people, speak about prejudice, speak about uh, all the things that I've just mentioned, white privilege and those things. And so we decided to, to delay that series to another time because we felt, well, we need, we, our thinking was we need to be in the same room to really uh, look at this afresh and, and push again and think, yeah, we want to be better and better and get this right to the best of our ability. So we pulled back and so we were going to do a series all about this whole subject, interesting at this time. And we will go uh, uh, into that subject uh, uh, in detail uh, when we're able to do that. Let me say these few words. The first, I'd say this, which is the positive side. And I think we've got much to celebrate, if I'm honest. I'm really, really, really pleased about the, the mixture of cultures and ethnicities in Woodside Church. We love the diversity. We, we love the richness, what it brings to us, what we learn from one another. I love it that we have different cultures and ethnicities across the different teams in Woodside. I'm really pleased that we have different ethnicities in our worship leaders, in our ministry leaders, in our community group leaders and our coaches. I love the fact that our senior team, our elder team, has a mix of, of ethnicities. We have two, uh, Enston and Hudson, both Asians, both Indians, 
and a part of that team. But that, it's not like we've arrived, but I'm saying we celebrate that. There's so much more. I love that we've got other Nashes. We've got other people coming through of real stature that we want to release increasingly and uh, get the benefit of who they are in God. We celebrate those things. But you know, we mustn't settle. We mustn't be complacent. We have much more to learn, which is why we wanted to do this series. Let me give you uh, an idea of some of the things I and others would love to see. I'd love to see our worship, our, our songs to be far richer in, in, in styles and backgrounds from different cultures and ethnicities. Something I was chatting with a number of the worship leaders this week about with Tabs and Rach and Debs and others. And we just agreed uh, I spoke to them individually, but they all agreed that, that we want to push again and, and, and just get that richness in styles. Uh, uh, and we, we want to pursue that. That's one thing we want to do. Something else I know we want to do is, and again, this is something that I really felt God speak to me about uh, some months ago. Uh, a, a wonderful couple called Femi and Aday uh, have been leading uh, our watch night service. Now, watch night service, if you're not sure, is something that happens on New Year's Eve. 31st of December, sometimes called a crossover service. And it's a way of celebrating and dedicating the new year to God. And uh, some of that Femi and Adai have done and others have gathered. Uh, and I know David Devonish uh, was there uh, just at the end of last year. But this is what I really feel. And I just want to be honest to you all. Uh, I feel we have not given that the profile the emphasis and the energy that it demands. You see, for someone like me, the, the highlight of that period, the sort of Christmas, New Year season, actually culturally is carol, the carol service. And as a result, a lot of energy and profile and effort goes into that. But this is where I've, I felt really convicted over that I realised for other cultures, the carol service is fine, but it's not the highlight. The highlight is the watch night and the crossover service. Sometimes they're called different things. And so I really want to, honestly, I guess I want to apologise to those of you that have been pushing this and uh, maybe have felt that we, you haven't had the full, you know, 100%, the same energy that we would put into the carol service. And you're right. And I apologise for that. But I want you to know that we, we've heard you and, and I think we've heard God in it. And it was part of what we wanted to begin to talk about this year. And so who knows when we will be back together? That's the only caveat here, obviously. But I, I just want to say it's something that we are we want to fully put our weight behind and, and so grateful for those who have pioneered this. We don't want to take it over. We want to catch up and run with those that are already involved. But we want to say, look, this is part of expressing who we are. So it's the watch night service. The last one, just as ideas that I've been having recently, uh, I would love us to have greater spread of cultures and ethnicities across our community groups, our small groups that meet during the week, or at the moment, Zoom during the week. Now I realise that things are very different and we're looking at this at the moment for our groups and how uh, they're going to going to uh, operate in the coming months. And we're just aware that we're still in lockdown. But as a principle going forward, 
I just think it would be really good if we encourage greater uh, a sort of mix of ethnicities and diversity in the groups. Uh, I think we will be richer as a result if we're able to do that. There's probably other things that we could do, but I just wanted to mention a few that are on my heart as we look to be all that we can be. And then we can, that, that becomes something that we say to, look, this is what God has done in us. And it becomes that light, that example that changes the world around us. The last line of this amazing proclamation by Jesus was this, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, the outcome, the outworking is that God is glorified, that lives are changed, that people are changed, that, that, that the world is changed and they bring glory to God. God is glorified. Worshippers are gathered to honour and bless our Father in heaven. So we're to be salt and light. We're to be distinct. We're to live a different way, not the world's way, which is good news for us, but actually it's good news for the world. I pray that we would remember who we are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let's live it. Let's proclaim it. And let's change the world. Amen. Well, thank you so much. This has probably been slightly longer than some other preachers I've done. I hope that's okay. But uh, I pray you have a great... In fact, let me just pray for you now. Let's pray for us. Let's pray for us as a people. There's so much going on around us. We need God. But we are people that are called to do an amazing work. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And so we, we, we rest on his grace. We rest in the light of his goodness and his power in our, our lives. We don't try and run faster. We run alongside Jesus and we allow him to take the weight. So let's just pray together. Father, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. And you rev Jesus revealed your heart and revealed your purpose and revealed through his teaching that we are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Lord, we thank you that you have done something in us together, that you have changed us, that you have shaped us. And Lord, that you are doing something through us. Lord, we pray that we would be salty, that we would be the people that we're called to be, whether it's in our diversity or whether it's in how we follow your plan for our lives and your way of living life rather than the way the world copes with life and challenge. Lord, we thank you that we do this fueled by your Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, continue to work in us and through us. Help us to show the world who you are. We pray, would you do this for your glory? Amen. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's great to be with you. That's it from me. So God bless you. Hope to see you real soon. Thank you. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.